1: Welcome to Ireland's Birth Stories, a podcast where women can share their unique experiences with pregnancy and birth. On this week's episode, we chat to Daniela, who talks us through the pregnancy and birth of her son, Kieran. At 20 weeks, Daniela discovered that Kieran was actually breached, and at 37 weeks, she went into spontaneous labour and Kieran was still actually breached, which resulted in a C-section delivery. Thanks for joining us on the show, Daniela. If you want to just start off by giving us a little introduction to you and your family.
2: So, I'm Daniela, and um, I am turning 40 in 16 days. <laughs> Big party! Well. <laughs> <laughs> well, not really, but we'll see. Maybe um, a pizza in front of Netflix. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: I'm German. Um, I'm married to my husband, Isaac, um, who is Mexican. We met in Mexico. I was living there for two years. Um, we are married for two years now, okay. uh, we live in Plain. Um I initially came to Ireland back in 2010 because of my work, um, which I still have. Um, they sent me for two years to Malaysia and two years to Mexico, and yeah, the final oh, destination basically is, is Ireland, was Ireland, will Ireland, yeah, it's Ireland. <laughs> okay. We're not going again. That's it? Yeah. And then we also have a crazy little Pomeranian called Taco, (laughs) who is... (laughs) Part of the family, I'm sure. Yeah, he's Kieran's best friend for sure.
3: (laughs) Oh, brilliant, because that introduction isn't always so smooth, so that's good.
2: Oh, well, when we we brought him home, um, Taco didn't really know what to make of baby. Yeah. Um, he was like super interested but also a bit afraid um, but he already knew the smell because my husband brought all oh, the baby girls home after okay. Cure wore them in the hospital um, but now like he protects him, he's always around him, he of course gives him lots of kisses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh that's good. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> and so I know you just recently returned back to work, well at home but off maternity leave, how have you found that transition?
2: Um, As bad as everything has been with COVID-19, there are two major advantages, I think. Um, First of all, we were, or still are really, in our very little happy family bubble. Uh, We really had time to grow together as a family because there was hardly any influence from the outside. Mm -hmm. And the second advantage is that I... My maternity leave is over, but I'm still at home and I'm working from home. Yeah. And I'm so thankful for that because the the thought of leaving Kieran at home, I mean, my, my husband does the childcare, right? But still, just that leaving him alone for so many hours, that, that was so frightening. So, and even um, like the, the day before I returned to work, I was actually at home crying because it mm-hmm. <laughs> just felt it felt so wrong, and I didn't want to leave him, like abandon him for that many hours. Yeah. Like, even though he's just downstairs, it was irrational. Like many things in motherhood. Um. Yeah. Uh, but it actually worked really well, and I'm quite glad now to be working, but have the luxury of still being at home, and I can go down and cuddle him anytime. So that's
3: great. Yeah. Had a huge impact on our families. Because we couldn't see each other, it's also nice to have that yeah. little cocoon. It you nice, feels nice and safe. It feels a little bit surreal to be to be allowed as such to go out and about now, but I think a lot of us are happy just to stay where we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's um get into Kieran's it's Kieran, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Let's get into his. birth. So just tell me um, were you planning on conceiving? Yes,
2: we were. We, were. we cool. uh um, we actually, uh, so we got married in July 2018. We wanted to start trying straight away because of my age, really. Um, but uh, that was, we were still living in Mexico. I was traveling to work, um, for work uh, to Brazil. And I got quite sick. I got brucellosis, which is a, um, it's caused by a bacterium, which is in, uh, it well the bacterium lives in cows and the cows give it into their milk and if you eat untreated cheese you can get it now not in europe not in the us but in brazil it's yeah it's relatively common uh the problem with that is that um, it can come back even once it's treated so i had to take antibiotics and uh, injections with antibiotics for like eight weeks or something like that. It was a very, very long time. I lost so much weight and and the problem is once you're free of it, it still can come back and it can cause miscarriages. So because of that, we postponed the whole thing um, and waited until I had multiple negative tests, um, which then happened Uh, and we started trying and we got pregnant in the I think it was the third circle and um, unfortunately i lost that baby in in early pregnancy um so um that was obviously i mean any woman who went through it knows how hard this is um and it was a very very big shock and it i i had my problems with it not gonna lie um and then life didn't get easier for us um and i might get a bit emotional now uh, mm. my mom had um, stage 4 breast cancer and I got diagnosed on the day. We went back to the coom um, to check that my uterus was fully clear. Um, I will never forget that day because we were driving um, and she sent me a text and said, can you please call me? Um, And I saw the message popping up over the navigation system. So I was like, this is not good, we need to call her straight away because she never says that unless it's really, really urgent. So yeah. that was a shock it was the third time her having cancer and it was stage four so it was terminal um and we started trying again after two cycles i think um so basically in march i got pregnant again i lost the baby in january i got pregnant again in march had the positive test in april and thankfully that happened because that way my mom knew I was pregnant. Yeah. Um she all of a sudden deteriorated in a incredibly frightening fast speed. Um, Daniela, was your mom
3: your mom here in here or was she in Germany no, with you? Okay.
2: In Germany, okay. in Germany. Um so we it looked really bad at some point in, uh, I think it was like yeah May. I just had found out that I was pregnant again. So I told her, even though I wasn't that many weeks yet, yeah. um, just to give her something to be happy about. Um, she was in intensive care, um, but she made a recovery or so we thought. Um, and then on the day I announced or wanted to announce at work that I was pregnant because I had passed the 12 weeks, I was 13 and a few days. Um, I got a text from her partner that she was in the first stages of passing. So um, I decided to still tell my team that I was expecting because I wanted that that happy moment because yeah. I knew what was coming. So the same evening I flew over to Germany. Um, and that was a Friday and on the Sunday morning she passed and that was three days ago a year and, and did you and fly back on your own or did your partner go with you? Okay. He came a little bit later because of the dog we had to get that organized first um, not easy no um, but sh- she always wanted to have a grandchild so badly Um. But she she died n- knowing that he would come into this world. Yeah. like it it almost felt like she was waiting for me to go past the twelve weeks because once she, once I had this actually my last conversation with her before I flew home, like the last actual WhatsApp call, other than that we after that, we only messaged was after my, my, my scan, scan, the 12-week okay. scan. Yeah, on that day, I remember that. That was the Tuesday. and um, On the Friday, I flew to Germany. And, yeah. Um, so, obviously, um, pregnancy is a very anxious time. Mm-hmm. Um, I also suffer from anxiety, actually. So, okay. um, um, for a very long time, I am on antidepressant antidepressants and and I have been taking them throughout the pregnancy. I have read that a lot that that women wonder about this. It's no problem. He's absolutely healthy. He's the best baby ever and Mm -hmm. and was never a problem and it kept me healthy. Right? Yeah. Um so anyways I was very anxious because obviously you know that it's extremely traumatic to lose your mom and Mm. my mom was only fifty eight. So I always thought I would have her for like the longest time and Bloody cancer took her away from me, right? So, um, but I'm so thankful for that. Kieran grew in my belly. Everything fine. Uh, a real, um, a real hero, a real fighter, and he—it was almost like he kept me going. Yeah. Because yeah. I knew I couldn't drown myself in the grief, and I knew there's new life coming. In, inside myself and a part of my mom is in him and will always be mm. in him so that really gave me strength the only thing he did not think about was turning <laughs> yeah <laughs> he, re- he refused to turn um he was breached the whole pregnancy so your scan Everything so your, was, your
3: first scan was was great and then your 20-week scan how did that go that was all fine is that when you found out actually when he was breached yeah, yeah oh okay okay So how did you feel up until then? Did you have any um, pregnancy
2: symptoms? Well, nothing too outrageous. Like I started to get swelling. uh, My boobs grew. um, Tiredness.
1: Yeah.
2: Heartburn. uh, But I didn't have any morning sickness in the first trimester. Zero. Um, Not a single time I felt like vomiting. So that was very, very lucky. Um, Yeah. Uh, Besides, obviously, grieving my mom, the pregnancy was easy. There was, I felt fine. Um, I, I felt really comfortable. Towards the end, I, I was having back problems, but that was because of pre-existing conditions. So I knew yes. that when I got pregnant, that that would happen. And um, other than him being breached everything was completely normal. Okay, yeah. so
3: when they saw that Karen was breached at 20 weeks, did, what did yeah. they say? Did they advise you to do anything or did they say, just leave well enough alone? Oh, uh, no,
2: they, they said, oh, don't worry, he's got yeah. a turn. Don't worry, don't worry. Uh, but he didn't. <laughs> <No>. so, <laughs> uh, I decided to go semi-private, um, okay. which was because of um, my special circumstances, because of the mental health issues and lo- losing my mom. Um, the first pregnancy, the one I lost, I thought I would go public, but it never came to that. Um, uh, but the semi private. I just thought that by having a team of doctors, I, which I would always see, like always the same people, it yeah. would it would make things easier. And maybe if there would be a slip in my mental health, it would surface quicker. Okay. I was also seeing the psychiatrist in the coom, um to. To be with me throughout pregnancy and also afterwards because okay. she was obviously worried that i might get um, the get the depression afterwards the post postnatal depression which thankfully didn't happen um and how did you find that service then it was good
3: okay it was great. definitely
2: good yeah um the Kum was having all these big renovations and Every now and then, we like when we walked through the the public ward, I saw all these poor pregnant women standing because there was no space anymore to sit. So I was quite happy that that didn't really affect the semi-private parts. Yeah. Um. And the waiting times, I think, weren't as bad as they would have been in the public uh, ward. So, uh, But on the other hand, I mean, all the midwives I've met in the Coombe, um, they're just bloody fantastic yeah they like, are, yeah yeah also the the early pregnancy one where i went um when i lost the baby they were just fantastic they were so yeah so warm and you could tell it's not a job for them they're just they just love what they do yeah and i agree yeah really good. yeah
3: i don't think you'd survive working in that environment if it was just a job oh, you'd be fairly yeah. passionate about it yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah.
3: Okay, so then tell me about your third trimester. So when you kind of when did you kind of figure out that Kieran wasn't turning?
2: I, I started doing all these things they they tell you to do, right? The um, oh gosh, what is it called again? Spinning, Spinning babies. Because, yeah, I did yeah. that. Um, I was seeing a chiropractor before pregnancy, and I continued doing that. And I can only recommend seeing a chiropractor during pregnancy. It was such a help um, so she tried her luck as well um and then also i went to get acupuncture done okay um but and we spoke to him my husband tried to bribe him with like a little lamborghini <laughs> so he wants to sit in when he's bigger nothing helped he would not turn <laughs> so um i had another scan I can't remember what week that was that was to check if my placenta had moved because it was a bit low at the start um he was still breech there and really every time i went to see um the doctors in the in the ward they did a tiny scan anyway so i i see him every two to four weeks um and he never turned it was he was just breech and he was sitting there and that was it and you weren't uncomfortable or anything well, towards the end, he his head was poking my ribs like nice. that, that. And I was struggling with eating. Um, I just ate a little bit and then I felt like I was like exploding yeah. because there was just not enough space. And I started getting problems with my breath. Okay, um, Like uh, I would even just walk and talk and I would be like... <gasps> yeah (laughs) yeah it was a bit weird um other than that the third trimester was fine obviously I got increasingly uncomfortable but then my bump wasn't really big um a lot of people were like what do you mean you're in your third trimester where's the baby you know like yeah yeah, he's right here (laughs) (laughs) I can feel him (laughs) oh yeah and he was having hiccups every single day and they lasted for like Ten, fifteen minutes and the funniest feeling. <laughs>
3: Were they in the same spot every day? Because I've had that one mine yeah. too. Was yeah. Same spot yeah. every day.
2: Yeah. And reassuring, I think. Yeah, totally. Because it's like, okay, he's fine. Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then um December came and oh, we have got one part. We bought a house, we got the keys just before um Halloween. We moved in start of November. Um, and we had done the most necessary stuff, um, and we're like, ah, so much time left. And everybody was like, oh, yeah, it's your first baby. Come on, he'll be late. The labor's gonna be like pff, so many hours. you yeah. have all the time <laughs> in the world, right? But no, not my son. <laughs> so um, I he went to the womb the day before he was born. I actually had three appointments on that day, um, see my psychiatrist, check okay. in with her. I saw the lactation consultant um, because um, I actually had a skin removal uh, around my breasts and also my tummy a few years ago because I lost a lot of weight. Okay. Um, so there were concerns that I might not be able to breastfeed. So, and that was your plan to breastfeed? Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. Um, And then the third appointment I had on that day was actually with the doctor. And um, we talked about the external turn, um, if I would consider that. And my husband and me had been discussing that because it was brought up in a previous appointment. We weren't so sure. Uh, Thankfully, we never had to make that decision um, in one way. So yeah, we scheduled an appointment with the specialist in the coom for the following Wednesday Okay. to to go and see if I would be a candidate for the external term. That never happened. No. So um, we, we came home that day and uh, my husband went to a concert with one of our friends um, <laughs> which was scheduled for ages and ages. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll be fine. I'm just at home. So I, Taco and me just had like a a Netflix evening, went to bed early. Um, I'm not a great sleeper, so I woke up early, like every day, it was like five or six o'clock. And I was like, okay, get me a cup of tea, got myself some bread, went back up to bed, drank my tea, ate my bread, everything was fine. And then my husband was still asleep, of course. And then I started getting uncomfortable. Okay. So, um, but I had no clue what was going on. It was like nothing, which was described to me, right? So, so was it painful was or was it just
3: to... tightenings or?
2: I was just like, you know, when you toss and turn in bed and you can't find a comfortable position, yeah. it was kind of like that. Okay. So I started tossing and turning and started getting cramps, but let's face it, face it the all the works don't work so well anyways when you're pregnant so I thought I might have tummy problems like <laughs> yeah. so yeah but it did get better it got worse and it got more painful so that I got on my force and like tried to like soothe the pain or um, I don't know what I was thinking I, I, I now looking back i was like how did I not know yeah. I was in in labor so how many weeks so, were you at this stage 37 plus one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you didn't yeah. expect it. Okay. No, not at all. Thankfully the hospital bag was already packed. <laughs> um, so my husband woke up and I explained to him and I was like, Oh geez, I'm I'm really uncomfortable. And I don't know what to do. I don't know how to sit. Or and he's like, do you think you have contractions? And I was like, Maybe it's those Braxton Hicks you hear about all the time. I was like, I have no idea. And we stayed in bed, and he went downstairs to to make more breakfast. Um, and when he came up, I was like, This something's not right. And then we discussed a little bit longer, and then we we're like, Right, we're gonna call the hospital. That was around ten o'clock. Okay. Um. So we called them, and they're like, Oh, it's your first baby. Ah yeah, it's probably Braxton Hicks. So if they don't change or, um, or if they get worse, um, wait an hour and then you come in. Okay. okay. So after that phone call, I was like, right, I'm going to start timing. So used the app on my phone, which I had there for ages, because I knew that was probably the easiest thing to do. So I started tracking them. And they were already quite long and already quite close together. Like they were like a minute long, and they were like five, four, five, six minutes. Okay, so you were went, getting there. I was getting there, um, but I don't think we realized it still, right? Um, so at half past ten, I was like, "No, we need to go. This, this, we we can't wait any longer. We have to go." So we grabbed the bags, I decided I have to shower, um, because in the, in the course, the midwife was like, oh, have a shower in the early stages of labour, that really helped. Yeah. and I it's just like trying to not breathe in water when I was getting contractions, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how I managed to have a shower really. You just do so, what you're told
3: uh, to try and help, like, yeah, exactly. help, yeah
2: what you learned, right? You're trying to go through that program that tried to imprint in your brain. Exactly. Yeah. So we got into the car um, and Isaac broke probably every single law there is. (laughs) Um, He did not say a single word to me. He stayed absolutely quiet. Um, He was, afterwards he said he was trying to keep that calm mask, drive as fast as possible, but of course, being as safe as possible. So because it was a Saturday, the traffic wasn't so bad. And on the n 7 when we finally reached it, I was like, oh yeah, thankfully we can drive faster. Um, he went on the ride.
4: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. Premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quincecom pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact.
2: Lane and like beeped at everyone and flashed his lights and was like waving at the people trying to get them out of the way at some stage we overtook people on them in the middle lane but it all didn't matter we needed to get to that hospital yeah and i kid you not it was like in a movie we arrived um at the coom at 5 to 12 and my water broke right okay uh, in the car park yeah um and I felt it getting quite wet between my legs. I was wearing leggings, I remember that. And I was like, oh, we need to stop because there was the contraction and there was the water like drizzling down my, my legs. And he's like, no, 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 we have to keep going, we have to keep going. And he was like kind of pulling me towards the entrance. Um and there a midwife saw us coming in and we were like, Where's the assessment unit? <laughs> Because that was the one thing we forgot. Everything else we could remember, but not really assessment. Unit yeah. So there was a midwife. She went up with us actually in the nurse um, lift. So we came to the assessment unit, rang the bell. She opened, was like, blah, blah, blah. 37 plus one. Um, contractions are like 90 seconds, two to three minutes apart. And they were like, can you pee in that cup? And I was like, <laughs> "Um." yeah i guess between contractions i can do that so i did that and that's when i discovered the show as well so yeah great so um i went back gave the midwife the bloody cup for <laughs> urine like why do they need my urine um and how is and the pain I at I... this
3: stage so were you breathing through the contractions
2: i tried but yes. it was bad. Yeah, okay. I'm not going to lie. It was bad. Um, and we soon found out why. Um, so the midwife um, checked and I was five centimeters. So they were like, "Ooh, we might want to get uh, one of the doctors. So the doctor came uh, who brought Kieran into this world safely. Thank you. <laughs> um, and she measured me and she measured seven centimeters. Right. Um so you could see some sort of panic all of a sudden in the faces of everybody around me, and I was like, "Ooh!" <laughs> and, and Isaac and me were just like, "Okay, we're gonna have him today. Today is today," and we were like in complete shock. Like <laughs> it was, it was so unexpected. We we were basically speechless. Um, so that it tried to get the needles in and all that kind of stuff, and brought me up to the operating theatre. The doctor put the epidural, um, he was fantastic. He, I mean, I had an epidural before because of other surgeries, but he talked me through the whole thing. He was very gentle. I remember his really soft voice and in, in, uh, like on the back of my head, literally. Um, and then all the, the nurses and the midwives and all the doctors in the operating theater, they were absolutely fantastic. They were all trying to calm me down. Obviously they were all worried that I would start pushing. Um, I remember there was a male nurse. Um, he was looking after me while they prepped me and he stroked my hair. And he was like, It's gonna be fine, the pain's gonna go away soon. Here, have some gas and air, it'll take the edge off, and it's like, Oh yeah, <laughs> give me that stuff. I heard so much about Anything. <laughs> it. Anything at that stage, yeah. And then I felt the epidural kicking in, and that was like my breathing slowed down. I got very calm. Um, so, you, a- did you
3: have a conversation? Did, did they, when you went to the assessment unit, and they realised that you were seven centimetres, did they yeah. bring you onto the labour ward, or and then have a conversation with you, or did they just bring you up to the the theatre?
2: Straight to the theatre. Yeah.
3: Okay. So, yeah. what?
2: How did that conversation go? So, how did you feel about that as well? I mean, when she said seven centimetres, I was like, "Okay, I know we we have to go now. Like, there's not much time left before I will start to feel the urge to press. Because, I mean, let's face it, at that stage, it was like 12.30-ish. And the labour had started at like, who knows, seven or eight o'clock, something like that. So it all happened very fast. So So had you had the
3: conversation beforehand to say, okay, we're going to, we're going to, offer you a c-section when if the baby hasn't turned by a certain date then we'll be going again okay yeah
2: and because of him being breached i also had a conversation um about the epidural before like weeks before and signed the paperwork just in case okay so the only thing i had to sign was the c-section at this stage and they were asking me, is it okay if we do the C-section? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, at that stage, there was no, that was no question for me. I just wanted him to come into this world safely. Yeah. Of course, I wanted to have the natural birth. Of course, I wanted to experience that. And yeah, but I mean, in that second, all of that was completely like, it did not matter whatsoever. I just wanted to know that he's safe and well yeah, um, because I mean I, I lo- love watching Call the Midwife and there were a few breech births and they're no fun so yeah, <laughs> I didn't want <laughs> I've to do anything there yeah and
3: Isaac was in the theatre with you?
2: yeah he came right. in as soon as they had me open uh, or almost open or however far I was couldn't have a look obviously <laughs> so um, he came in and sat behind me and then it was so fast it, I don't know how long, I mean, you lose all feeling for time when this happens, but it couldn't, it couldn't even have been a minute, um, okay. before they held him over the screen and he peed on us, well, <laughs> really on me. <laughs> so was That's first, funny. The first hello, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> hi, happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, so, um. They took him away then um, to the side of the room, which I couldn't see because of the screen. And I couldn't really hear him. And I started to get worried. Get worried. So I kept looking at my husband that like, looked in his eye, tried to read what he was keeping a poker face. Um, so he needed a little bit help to get going. Um, other than that, he was absolutely fine. Um, the pediatrician actually came To me, on her way out of the theater, and just explained it to me that he needed a little bit of help to start breathing. Okay. Um, But other than that, he was great. Like there was nothing wrong, or um, he didn't like he was with me uh, in the ward straight away. Okay. Yeah, they um, they put him onto my chest straight away uh, for the skin to skin, and I mean, my husband filmed that moment, and you could just see the sheer shock in my face and I I started singing to him nursery rhymes the one I sang to him while he was in my belly because I was so sure he must have been in a big shock as well yeah yeah (laughs) so I was trying to calm us all down um and and then we kind of Isaac and me kind of got hysterical as well we started laughing because we just were trying to cope with this very positive stress um so much that the surgeon was actually maybe try to laugh less because i'm trying to give you a really nice scar you know? oh yeah god <laughs> like we doing, doing the stitches and i'm like oh my god i'm so sorry and she was like laughing and like oh it's better than crying <laughs> yeah
3: but it sounds like it was a really really nice um where some people can feel that a c-section is quite a negative thing it sounds like it was actually a really nice experience like you're just saying re- like yeah. your forehead your hair was brushed gently by one of the nurses like it just sounds really nice yes.
2: Yeah, they were they were all fantastic. Brilliant. I mean, I can understand if somebody never ever had a surgery, that is quite daunting because yeah. an operating theater is just like that. Um, and I had a lot of surgeries for various reasons over the course of my life because, let's say, I'm really clumsy. So um, I had to go in, into oper- operating theaters all the time. But I do remember my very first surgery uh, when I was 22, and that was frightening. Yeah. So, If ladies are scared because of the C-section and they never had a surgery, I understand that. Other than that, there is no reason to be scared. They're all professionals. They all want to make sure your baby arrives safely. And they were really nice. And I didn't feel like I was just a number on the the table or they were trying to rush me in and out it didn't feel like that
3: would it be I mean, nice if someone who had a has a plan c section could visit the theater beforehand even just as a, a walk around with the nurse before or something if they've never had a
2: surgery just to maybe yeah rid of some of that fear to understand the mechanics yeah. of it yeah because obviously you have all these control questions as well and all these people yeah. are asking you the same question and if you don't know why they're doing that you're like oh my god you do not know who i am <laughs> yeah exactly the protocol Yeah, so. Yeah, I think or even like I I can understand that bringing people into operating theatres is a problem because of um, of hygiene and all that. Yeah. But I would think if they could at least film award. Right. And then when you do your prenatal, you actually get shown that film and the midwife explains to you a little bit. I mean, the prenatal course I did, the nurse, the midwife was brilliant. She was so funny. Um, And she did explain C-section, but I think it is different when you see the operating theater as well, because it is such a sterile place and it's definitely not the place you imagine to have your child. And you see yourself like surrounded by like your favorite smelly candle and your favorite pillow and all these comforting things. And obviously you have none of that. Well, I had my most comforting thing with me, which was my husband. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> yeah. it's still not what you imagine when yeah. you think about giving birth. Yeah,
3: and then when you got down to the ward, um, did you yeah. try a latch, Karen?
2: Yeah, yeah. The the midwife came. Uh, actually, when I was in the well, that little room they bring you the delivery room before it, they bring you down to the ward, the maternity yeah. ward. Um the midwife there actually helped me to latch him on and it was all very easy um there was no right. problem um yeah Um we then went down to the maternity ward um the first night i was um not in a private room um because they didn't have one for me and it was a bad bad night so if you are <laughs> on a public or semi-private more award bring earplugs and bring uh disinfectant wipes for the bathrooms because they were frightening and you can't offer you have to sit there is no other way right yeah i recommend the plugs and for sure yeah yeah because i was in the lucky position that the lady across from me was one of the midwives in the room, so you can imagine how many visitors she had and they also didn't adhere to the visiting hours so it was okay. all hours really um, and how did anyways, you feel were you in pain or no the pain no Okay. I mean if, if you ask for the pain medicine they give you as much as they can and that's yeah. what i did that's what i always did after my surgeries there is no shame in taking painkillers because it is a big surgery it is a big scar it does bloody hurt yeah so take all the painkillers they can offer you and that's what i did yeah i completely agree that's what they're there for yeah 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 i i mean i can understand when people say they don't want to get put all these chemics into their body but i think one of the midwife once says, you don't get a medal for bravery when it comes to <laughs> to giving birth right all that matters is a healthy baby and a healthy mommy so yeah
3: yeah and then when did you go
2: home so you're probably there for a few nights were you yeah i was there for five days in total okay um Towards the end, I just oh, just want to go home. Did you get a room in <laughs> I mean, the end, or were you on the? Yeah. Okay, yeah. brilliant. Okay. The next, the next morning, they brought Great. me into one of the private rooms, and that was so good. Um, the room was nice and light and quiet and warm and. I had my own bathroom, which was absolutely fantastic because that first shower, I will never forget that. It was so nice. I mean, it was really painful because the getting up was really the hardest bit after the C-section, getting up and laying down. Um, But yeah, that shower was fantastic. (laughs) The shower was actually nicer than the shower we had in our rental before we moved to our house. But anyways, um, he lost weight um okay. he was uh quite low birth weight he was 48.5 centimeters and 2790 grams um so he was a little fragile boy and um, his blood sugars went down on the second or third date okay Day, so they recommended to supplement with formula which i was kind of against looking back now I don't understand why. Maybe because I had in my head, I really want to nail this breastfeeding thing. And um, they recommended starting pumping. So I did that. Um, was that just to bring on your I, milk? Because your milk probably wouldn't have yeah.
3: come in. Yeah, okay.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, so when I went home, we felt he was doing fine and we we didn't supplement with formula anymore. A few days later, we went to see the Uh, the the nurse, uh, the midwife here uh, in plain And and the weight had dropped further. Um, And then that was just before Christmas, but she still was all come come again a few days later. We put him on the scale again. And it dropped further. And we were getting to the 10% mark. Um, So he called the coom and they were like, yeah, come in with him. So we went into the coom. Um, And the the doctor was super nice, the pediatrician, and she said, he's just on that border with the 10%. I think it would make sense if we put him on uh, like supplement formula. So even though I wasn't 100% happy with that, in the end, of course, it's more important that he gets what he needs. And yeah, that's what we're still doing. So uh, I'm still breastfeeding him. I'm still giving him formula. Um, we started weaning him about a month ago um, and he is flying now. Oh, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Chubby cheeks and everything and all the worries which were there during the first few weeks, they're gone. Yeah. yeah. Great. It's good that you've
3: persevered because it's, it's, you know, in those bad days, it's very easy to just try, nearly throw in the towel. But no, it's yeah. great that you're still at it. Brilliant. Yeah. Here's yeah. the weaning um, going.
2: It's <laughs> fun, isn't it? Well, <laughs> <laughs> the facial expressions are definitely priceless. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> like when I gave him the fish the other day, I pureed him some salmon with some cauliflower, steamed cauliflower, and you could—that was the first time we gave him something else than veg and fruit and porridge. And he was like, "What is this?" <laughs> He—I don't think he's a fan yet, but he, he kept eating it, so okay. it wasn't. He hasn't rejected anything yet. He he tries everything. Oh good. But yeah. Something yeah, some things he like grabs the spoon and pulls it towards him and like, okay, this one's a winner. Yeah. And others he's like, yeah, and just like opening his mouth a tiny bit and like, okay, I'm going to try it for you, mommy. <laughs> like, I know
3: yeah. one day they'll love something, then the next they'll act like they've never seen it before. It's, it's quite bizarre. <laughs> 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 and how, do you, how did you adjust when you came home? How did you find having a newborn? Do you think you experienced baby blues?
2: No. Well, yes and no. Um I was super emotional, that's for sure. Um the whole thing with him losing weight was dragging me yeah. down for sure. I was so worried and of course there wasn't wasn't much sleep going on and yeah like my husband is an angel like I'm sure there were a few days where he like it was like what happened to my wife where is my wife gone like Mm -hmm. I could tell I was just not myself there was just so much going on in this head like and in my heart and like all of a sudden I had this overwhelming love in my like my, my heart for my little son and and this worry and the mom guilt and everything all yes. of a sudden started everything you read about it and like ah, it can't be that bad oh yeah it is that bad <laughs> yes. and and obviously being 39 already i had a very free life up to now right and i was traveling the world and i was working across the world and all these kind of things and all of a sudden you're not like i wasn't the master of my day anymore right in my nights, it was it was kieran and he still is Uh, and that is quite a shock to the system i have to say at the start yeah it was an adjustment um because on one hand you're like you love him so much and you want to do everything and anything for him and you're worried all the time and on the other hand you're like what happened to my life where is it gone
3: it can (laughs) can definitely feel smothering yeah no i can i completely agree Yeah. yeah
2: yeah But that, that definitely all has settled down. Um, we and I do think the lockdown helped, and it's it's just nice to see when you start to get into like get onto the same tune kind of. Yeah. Like we have our um, melody kind of bringing us through the day together. And now I know exactly what he wants when I hear his cry, or even when I see the way he moves, I know exactly what's going mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. and that's just. Such a wonderful feeling and I I'm now at that point where I'm like, How did I ever live without him? Like he is so much and it makes me emotional again, but this time for different reasons. He ah, uh, I just love him so much. He is the best.
3: So it's like you're <laughs> in, in unison now, him. whereas when, when they're a newborn you just feel like you, you don't really you don't really know what's going on, they're crying, you don't know why, but now now everything just seems to settle and click. No, I understand. Great. Yeah. <laughs> It's really, really positive considering the circumstances and the, the C-section and everything. It's great.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of sad that there are so many women out there who who give C-section such a bad reputation. Um, and then some obviously have in their mind a C-section is not really giving birth. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. It is bloody painful in a different way. In a different way, it's yeah. It's still painful, Yeah and the recovery is quite hard and long and um, but it doesn't make me less of a mother and there are positive experiences i think if you i mean if you have a planned c-section you have more time to think about it and prepare yourself but even in an emergency c-section just trust just go with the flow they do this so often they're all doctors and nurses and professionals and and just like, I think if you have a positive attitude and if you just keep in mind, I'm gonna meet my baby in a few yeah. minutes, that's like the most amazing thing. So yeah, it was so fun to talk through it again because yeah, it it was just such a whirlwind of a day and yeah.
1: I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to share your story, send me an email to nicetomeetyouirl at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at you i We're now available on iTunes um, as well as Spotify and Stitcher. So if you'd like to get a notification of our, of our weekly episodes, pop onto the podcast platform and click subscribe. I look forward to bringing you next week's episode.
2: I'm not going it's to pause. The of my little man.
3: Yeah, that's <laughs> great. Thanks a million. It's been so positive. It's really, really positive considering the circumstances and the, the C-section and everything. It's great.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's kind of sad that there are so many women out there who, who give C-section such a bad reputation. Um, and then some obviously have in their mind a C-section is not really giving birth. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. It is bloody painful. In a different way, in a different way, it's yeah. Still painful, yeah. And the recovery is quite hard and long, um. But it doesn't make me less of a mother, and there are positive experiences. I think if you, I mean, if you have a planned C-section, you have more time to think about it and prepare yourself. But even in an emergency C-section, just trust, just go with the flow. They do this so often. They're all doctors and nurses and professionals, and and just like. I think if you have a positive attitude and if you just keep in mind, I'm going to meet my baby in a few yeah. minutes, that's like the most amazing thing. So, yeah. Brilliant. Thank you so much. That was lovely. That was a really, it,
3: really nice chat.
2: It was so fun to talk through it again because, yeah, it, it was just such a whirlwind of a day. And, yeah, it was, yeah. Brilliant. Okay, I'm going to press <laughs> the day stop. The my book. life changed, right? Yeah.
3: Press stop recording now, believe. Okay, I'm going
2: to press
3: stop. My pro- changed, right?
0: Yeah. Press stop recording now. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at fifty to eighty percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part?